follow what you love. You know the feeling when you feel it, that feeling of whether it's hearing a song that you're like, oh, that's my music, that's my jam, I wanna make music that feels like that. Or, and, and, and don't let any negativity, whether it's from your own inner critic or from someone outside telling you this is what you should do or this is what you shouldn't do, get to know yourself and know, know how you really feel about things so that you're not swayed from, from what you love and what moves you, because all the other stuff is just noise. Hello, welcome to Music is Life, a signature podcast of Perry Veritas Studios in collaboration with Green Zebra Music and recorded at Hamlin House Studio in Los Angeles, California. Music is Life is hosted by me, Joel Henry Stein. I'm a singer-songwriter, composer, producer, and musician living and working in L.A. I'm also the owner and CEO of Green Zebra Music, a music production house and the umbrella company for Green Zebra Records and Inkakota Publishing. In this podcast, I have conversations with working musicians throughout the world. My guests work in many genres, but they have one thing in common. They are musicians who have traveled the bumpy road of music making, and they continue to travel that road. I talk with musicians who open up about their experiences and help me and you to understand life as a working musician and how that translates into being a person as well. My guest today is Laura Johnston, a singer-songwriter from Northern California. But before we start our conversation, I'd like to share with you some things that are on my mind. Hello, folks. Nice to have you all back here with me on the show. We are five weeks into the lockdown pandemic situation. And... I want to talk to you guys about um, five things that start with the letter C. That is our letter of the day, the letter C. This show brought to you by the letter C. Yeah, I want to talk about collaboration, community, creativity, concerts, and connection. These are all things that I see the pandemic bringing out in us in a positive way. So many more collaborations seem to be happening, or maybe they're always happening, and now we have a bigger window into all the collaborations that are happening with social media. But I see so many musicians collaborating remotely, and it's so inspiring. Um, Famous musicians, up-and-coming musicians, Um, amateurs, everyone's just really enjoying working together and creating something that they can bring out into the world. It's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, In my own life, I am doing uh, a few different co-writes with uh, mostly people I just met, but I'm also getting some things underway with uh, some artists that I've known for a long time. So that is um, inspiring and It's just another way to get the juices flowing. Um, There's something about collaboration that brings out parts of, well, I'll speak for myself, parts of me that I wouldn't necessarily access or tap into were I not working with somebody. Uh, There's some alchemical situation that happens when you work with someone else that is inexplicable. It's uh, it's a magical element and uh, stuff arises that, never would have happened otherwise. So I see uh, 
the pandemic bringing about a lot of collaboration. In terms of community, something I'm seeing is organizations, uh, I forget the name of the, the, like, I just noticed there's one here in town that just organized an online concert with all these up and coming artists from LA. Uh, apparently they don't know about me yet, but that's okay. They will. Um, but it, what was so cool is I saw a bunch of my friends and people I know on the bill and it just, uh, it just shows me that people are creating community. People are recognizing the need for community in a situation like this, um, because we are so isolated, uh, it's not natural to be this isolated. So we have to come together as community. And frankly, I've talked about this before. The only way we're going to save our planet, the only way we're going to evolve as a species and not perish is if we collaborate and if we form community and uh, participate in community. So it's really beautiful to see that, that organizations are creating even more community among artists and that artists are participating in community. I think that's, uh, that's part of our big job and responsibility is uh, to make music for the world um, and to do that in, you know, I mean, at the smallest level, like just being in a band is a community and being in an orchestra is a community. And the synergy that comes from a community, uh, by definition, is just more powerful than what we can achieve as individuals. Not to say that we can't be powerful as individuals too, musically, but there is, uh, there is certainly power in community. Uh, for myself, the community I'm currently participating in, well, I think I'm in several communities, but as a songwriter, I, I mentioned this uh, in one of the previous shows, I'm part of a songwriting cohort of about 350 people. Um, and uh, that is something that songwriter Kathy Heller organized. And uh, I'm grateful that I stumbled upon it, and uh, I am now a member and uh, I've met so many cool, cool, talented musicians and songwriters in this cohort. And I'm in touch with at least a few every day and collaborating with a few. And, uh, you know, we give each other feedback and we support each other. And it's just, uh, especially in this time of isolation, it's just so comforting. It's so comforting to be a part of something. I think as humans, we all have that need to be a part of something. It's in our DNA. I mean, you know, back in the day, we were part of tribes and that makes sense. We've lost that tribal aspect to our humanity. And um, I think a lot of the reason many of us feel lost a lot of the time, regardless of whether we're in the pandemic or not, we aren't fully connected in a tribal kind of way, in a communal kind of way. That's why churches and synagogues and mosques and temples are such a powerful place for many people. But a lot of people who choose not to uh, be religious are lacking that sense of community. You know, you can find it in sports. You can find it in uh, playing in a band. But um, in terms of the spiritual aspect of it, uh, if you're not seeking that deliberately in a community, it's hard to come by. The next thing I want to talk about is creativity. Uh, something I'm seeing because of this pandemic is so many people 
creating new content. It's awesome. Not just songs, but I mean, comedy and who knows what else. I can't even keep track of everything that's happening online, but there is so much. But for this podcast, let's talk about the songs. There are so many songs being written right now. I'm following a bunch of awesome musicians whom I admire and they're putting out new content all the time. I'm writing new songs a ton and people are coming up with new approaches to how they make music, myself included. I think people are also finding a new artistic voice. There's something about being forced into isolation that is really positive and it's allowing people to mine their depths creatively and come up with stuff that, that I don't think they would have come up with otherwise. As I said, I'm writing new songs. I've mentioned this before. I'm especially working on creating music for advertising right now. So that means studying a lot of EDM and pop music, which is stuff I've heard my whole life, but it's not something I've really steeped in, uh, particularly in the last decade or two even. So that's new for me, and it's exciting. It's exciting to dive into something new and, and find uh, a voice that I wasn't fully aware I had. Another thing I want to talk about is concerts. We're seeing tons of concerts right now online, which didn't really exist all that much before. I mean, there were platforms and people did some live stuff here and there, but now it's everywhere. And it's so cool because our favorite artists are doing them. Your neighbor down the street who's a singer-songwriter is doing them. Uh, I see people playing daily concerts out of their garage. The Rolling Stones did something. Um, it's just amazing. Everyone is performing and putting content out there. And, of course, the, the platforms du jour are uh, Instagram Live and Facebook Live, but there's also Stage It. And uh, I've seen Neil Finn of Crowded House. He's been doing something cool. Um, I don't think he's doing this live with video. I think he's doing live audio with a platform called MixLR. And then he's created his own station, I guess, like a radio station basically that broadcasts this from his website, I think. And then he's he's recording that with video as well and then posting that performance after the fact. I think this is how he's going about it. I'm not entirely sure, but it's pretty cool. Like He's doing this all the time uh, with his son, Liam, who plays drums, and uh, someone else. And he's been putting out a lot of crowded house material, which is very cool. And, of course, I've been playing concerts. Uh, I mentioned this before. When the pandemic first started, I did a couple of Facebook Live concerts, and uh, since then, I've switched over to Zoom, and doing them over Zoom has been sort of like, kind of like hosting house concerts, really, because I can see everybody, everybody else can see everybody. And oh, there's my coffee maker; it just it's beeping. I've enjoyed playing the concerts on Zoom. It's really cool to see people who are attending your concert, and there's an intimacy there that's akin to house concerts. And the last thing I want to talk about is connection. As humans, we need connection. I think there are only a few people in history who were able to live in a cave for most of their lives. But the truth is, we need each other. We need to be among people. I really feel for all the people who are currently holed up in their apartments with very little contact, uh, in-person contact with people. 
Um, I know my friends in New York City are having an especially hard time because it's pretty dangerous to go out onto the street. There's so many people in New York, so uh, that is tough. I'm grateful that I live in a relatively suburban area and I can get out of my house and walk around and get some fresh air. Um, but we need connection. And musically, connection comes out of those things I talked about before. When you collaborate with someone, you connect. When there's a community involved, you connect. If you're part of one of these online concerts that curated by uh, collecting a bunch of different people, you're part of that community and there's a connection. There's probably a reason to talk to some other musicians and the people organizing and um, you feel like you're part of something. And that's important. For me, I've been getting connection from these interviews I've been conducting for the podcast. It's a great excuse for me to reach out to friends and people I admire and have conversations with them. And uh, remember, it reminds me that I'm not alone. I've also been calling friends. I call family. I talk to people all the time. And as I said, I talk to people in that songwriting cohort too. I'm on social media like everybody else. And, uh, you know, that is helpful for connection to a point at a certain point. It's also like, Oh my God, like I've been on here way too long and my eyes are burning and this is not feeding my soul. But (laughs) in terms of the connection aspect, uh, it's really unparalleled, uh, historically, like where were we? What did people do before Facebook and, uh, these others and Instagram? Um, I guess we read books and actually did activities, <laughs> but, uh, were we as connected with people? I don't know. I guess we were in a different way. This is a whole other conversation about connection, but right now I think many of you will agree. Uh, I am grateful anyway for, you know, for there being social media and the internet as a way to connect with others. Um, zoom, Uh, you know, where would we be without Zoom right now? I guess we'd have to resort to Skype, which was never as good. And uh, another way I've been connecting with people is uh, through email. You know, I send out a newsletter once or twice a month to my fans and uh, my fans respond. It's a great way for me to just be in touch with the people who care about me and the people who care about my music. It's another form of connection. And finally, I'm getting ready to launch a Patreon page, which is a little bit scary for me, I think only because it's somewhat unknown to me. But behind Patreon is the sense of community and a sense of connection. My hope is that I'm able to release content through Patreon and engage my fans and engage people who are interested in the content I'm creating. And I'm really hoping that a dialogue is created between the fans and me, and uh, it's an ongoing conversation, and that to me is connection. My guest today is Lara Johnston. Lara is emerging as one of pop music's most dynamic voices. Her rich, arrestingly unique vocal tone has afforded her the opportunity to perform around the world, both as a solo artist and as a backing vocalist for Don Henley. On her latest EP, which was written and recorded in Nashville, Lara draws on her personal and professional experiences while exploring her love for both the emotive honesty of soul music and the larger-than-life eccentricity of pop music. 
When I'm writing, the output always reflects what I'm going through at that time, she says. This has definitely been a time of change for me. I've experimented with a lot of different sounds, all of them informed in some way by the music I love. I'm excited to share this EP and especially to start performing these songs live. I met Lara in 2009 when we were both involved in an avant-garde production of Anton Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard, which was called The Cherry Orchard Project. Lara was acting and singing in the show, and I was the composer and music director, as well as an actor in the production, too. She was just around 17 at the time, but she already had this insanely powerful voice that made everybody's head turn. A couple of years later, my co-writers and I enlisted Lara to sing in the concert version of our rock opera, The Demise, which we put on at the Roxy in West Hollywood, and I also had the pleasure of working with Lara in my studio when we brought her in to sing on some demos for that same show. I've always admired Lara, not just for her immense talent, but also for her humility and her down-to-earth nature. From talking to her, one would never know how incredibly gifted she is, nor would you also know that she's the daughter of rock and roll royalty, her dad being one of the founding members of the Doobie Brothers. Our conversation for this podcast happened a couple of weeks into the lockdown during the coronavirus pandemic. We talked about Lara's childhood, practicing mindfulness, seeking musical inspiration, and she even turned the tables occasionally and asked me questions about me. And now, my time with Lara Johnston. How are you, Lara? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Where are you? I take it you're at home with, with, with your folks. Yes, I am. I'm in NorCal. Um, I feel very, very blessed to have a, a safe place to be during this weird time. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing to occupy your time? Um, I've mostly just been trying to practice. And like you said in your text message, just trying to stay productive. And I find that that helps, you know, sanity. And um, yeah, just stay positive and hopeful. And I think the biggest mind trip right now is like, because it, like, it's fine staying inside, but knowing that you have to go out, like you were saying to the grocery store, and then you have to disinfect everything. Like, I, it's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's lot. a lot. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. What does productivity look like for you right now? You said you're being productive. What does that look like? Um, That looks like remembering to practice. Hopefully every day. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, but, you know, give myself two hours to sing, maybe an hour, two hours for guitar, and then try to be creative. Um, and, yeah, just keep the keep the music muscle going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say you're practicing, um, are you practicing guitar? Are you practicing piano? I know you're singing, but... Is there, you're practicing guitar also? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very much an amateur. Um, and I, I think what better time to try to get better. <laughs> I think that's great. I noticed recently from your post that you were starting to play guitar. So I, I think, I mean, I'm sure you've been playing a little bit for a long time, but I th it seems like you're stepping it up recently. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where for a long time I've used it to write songs. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as a tool for that. And it's such a beautiful instrument, but I, and I have so much respect and admiration for people like yourself that are, that are really good at it. Um, Thank you. and, um, but it's never something that I've felt completely at home on, um, mm -hmm. in terms of performing. So that's something over the past two years I've been trying to, 
trying to get better at because that way you can do you know you can do shows and accompany yourself and it's a great tool to have for sure yeah i think it really um it stretches you in terms of what you're able to do uh for live performances because mm -hmm. up until recently you've I've seen you rely on other people to accompany you and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. You know, and in fact, in fact, that frees you up to just focus on your singing. Um, but you're also limited in terms of like needing a band all the time, right. Exactly. Or, or someone backing you up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think for budgetary reasons, <laughs> totally. It's a, it's a good move to be able to back yourself up. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon I can, rely more steadily on that. So how are you going about educating yourself with the guitar? Um, you know, YouTube is a great thing. I, I have a foundation. I took lessons in college and that gave me a foundation of chords and whatnot, um, and scales and just really, you know, stuff to work with. But I think more than anything, it's just repetition and trying to, you know, incorporate new songs into your repertoire to, challenge yourself and something that I really want to get into that um I, I really want to get into jazz chords just I think they're so beautiful and I know they are a little more difficult to get a handle on but that's that's something I want to stretch myself to learn that's awesome I think most people stop at like you know the basic triad myself included no, <laughs> on, on the no. guitar <laughs> oh man no you've got you've got the the foundation you can you can play. That's I appreciate that. Uh, but I think I think with the with your style of singing, I think that makes sense to stretch into you know uh, more complex chords, because you're you know you tend to be really soul based, and like that mm -hmm. music has never been rooted in just like the the most basic triads. Like the, those chord changes have always been really interesting. Those chord changes in soul music. So, who are you listening to right now that's influencing what you're making? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've been listening to a lot of stuff from like, like I don't know. I just I love going down rabbit holes on Spotify, and mm -hmm. like there's this great group called Ruby and the Romantics that they were around in the '60s, and they just have these beautiful songs. And um, I've been listening to some vocal groups from I think the '30s, maybe the '20s, like the Boswell Sisters, and um, or like the Mills Brothers and um, uh, a lot of a guy named um, Louis Jordan. I hope it's not. I think it's Louis. I think you pronounce it. Or, I think uh, yeah, Louis Louis Jordan. I think Louis Jordan. Okay, I know. I think so. I don't know if it's Louis or Louis, but and that's I like old. That's like really old school. That's like um, that's almost like boogie woogie jump music. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. That's like the beginning. That's the intersection of like almost. I don't know if I'd call it big band, but it's a, it's that point in rock and roll history. It's like the very inception of rock and roll history. Really. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's so much good stuff out there. And it's, I, I know streaming services are tricky because of, you know, obviously they have a, a difficult relationship to royalty payment and all of that. But as a consumer, I find streaming services to just be such a blast because you can go through this amazing, vast archive of music from you know back to the early 1900s and yeah it's so much fun yeah no i'm with you it, it's it's kind of tremendous what we have available at our fingertips now yes. whereas in the past 
you'd have to go rifling through your CD collection if you happen to even have those CDs, right? Exactly. But, 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 to, yeah. but it'd be so much harder to discover music. You'd have to hear it, you know, at your friend's house or possibly on the radio. And now you can you can just go exploring on your own. And literally, it is like a rabbit hole just diving in. Totally. It's yeah. amazing. It yeah. really is. Really, yeah. what about you? What have you been listening to? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. What have I been listening to recently? Um, you might laugh at this, but I've been listening to, and I can't even spit off all the names of the artists. It's more of the style of music. I've been really diving into EDM, hip hop based oh, cool. music. Yeah, like more electronic stuff. Nice. You know, I have this side project called colossal orange i don't know if you've encountered it at all oh that's a great name um and that's been sort of electronic based and i've been working on that on and off for like the past eight years or so so i'm about to release a, a ton of new music from that project but oh man congratulations thank you thanks exciting. um so yeah you know i i grew up listening to a lot of new wave and uh and not a ton of hip-hop but but a good amount of hip-hop and um between the you know and, and this sound this you'll make you'll laugh at this too but you know back in the day like i was a break dancer so no way <laughs> yeah. no that's amazing yeah so you know and i was never great at it it's not but, easy but i i was okay i was i was decent you know and that was like Very cool. seventh grade so but there was music associated with that and it was yeah. uh it was sort of an electric hip-hop sound you know and and that plus all the new wave that i grew up listening to it just kind of influenced influenced my writing in high school and it has resurfaced in the past eight years because for a long time i was i put all that away and i was just a singer songwriter and i was playing my acoustic guitar and accompanying myself and uh then i was teaching a class uh at ucla in uh, music production and music technology and so I was, I had to get better at logic to be able to teach logic to the students. Right. And I was just, and I was just messing around and I ended up like all the stuff I was doing in high school years ago sort of came back to the surface in terms of like, you know, using drum machines and synthesizers and more electronic based things. So anyway, I've, I've sort of been steeping in that sound uh, for the past few weeks. Yeah. And making some EDM tracks. Very cool. Gosh, Thank I you. imagine you could like, that could keep you going for hours and hours, like creating using like logic. Oh, it's, so, and- it's so fun. It's so fun. Just like you were talking about the rabbit hole of Spotify. It's, it's a rabbit hole. Just, I mean, logic is tremendous in terms of what all the sounds and synthesizers and all the different reverbs and delays and everything, you know, and then you bring in the third party plugins. I don't know if you've messed around with that kind of stuff in the studio. Like how are you, how are you recording your ideas where you are? I record very um, primitively. I usually just end up writing stuff on guitar and and then I'll just record ideas into voice memos and kind of if there's any ideas that I feel really good about and want to pursue, I'll kind of, you know, star them to think, okay, maybe once all this madness passes, I'll pursue recording these in a studio and maybe bring in some musicians and uh, bring them to life a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to one day educate myself about production and, and that world, because I think that's so cool that you're doing that. And that's, it's such a power to have, to be able to hear things in your head and actually create them fully. Thank you. Really cool. 
I, I, I certainly enjoy it. It's definitely a process. Like I, I wouldn't say I hear it all in my head going in. Like it's like, hey, this synth sounds cool. Let's see what we can. You know, usually the sounds actually inspire the music, and that was that was my experience in high school too. Like messing around with synthesizers. Like I never knew what I was going to do going in. Yeah. And and the sounds literally just inspire me to to make melodies or chord changes or whatever. Very um, very cool. We haven't caught up in a long time, so I'd love to I know. know. <laughs> it's good to see you. I know. It's crazy. I'm trying to think. The last time I saw you was probably, I don't even know. I think the last time I saw, yeah, the last time I saw you in person, I think you were playing at the Troubadour. Oh, in 2012, maybe? It was definitely a long time ago. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That is crazy. Wow. Is that I'm possible? Really I, 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 we've talked on the phone a few times. Yeah. Um, And we talked about you know, possibly doing something together and getting in the studio. And I still, I still want that to happen. Yes, um, absolutely. But so you've been, okay, well, let's bounce around. Cause you've been bouncing around like in the, in the time that I've known you, mm-hmm. which is a decade now, which is kind of crazy yeah, over a decade. Yeah. It's been over a decade. It's been over decades You're, since Jerry Orchard. Yeah. That blows my mind because that feels so recent to me still does it that does not seem recent to me really <laughs> no. oh man time is just a weird thing <laughs> it is. i guess that was like 2009 and yeah. now here we are 11 yeah, yeah. Years so you were just finishing high school at that time yes and since then i know you've done a lot like you went to usc you got a degree mm-hmm. you've been in new york you've been in nashville you've been in Northern California. You've been here in LA. Where where have you been the most in the past year or so? And and what kind of stuff have you been up to? Um, that is a very good question. I need to remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it all runs together. Um, I think in the last year I've been mostly between Nashville and NorCal with a little bit of LA in there. Um, but a lot of Nashville. Um and I've been writing and um, doing doing a few gigs here and there as a backing singer. Um, and who have you been backing up? Your dad's band. I have been backing up. My main backup gig was for Don Henley for a little while, but we haven't done as much lately because he's been back with with the Eagles, which mm-hmm. is amazing. But I don't. I don't back him up when he's with them. Um, that would be awesome. Oh my gosh, I know. Talk about pinch <laughs> me. But listen, just backing up Don Henley is pretty freaking oh, awesome. I know. I, I I feel so lucky. He's he's so amazing. Um, that's that. Yeah, that has been a really cool experience that I feel very fortunate to have had. Um, how, and I actually got you... that through one of yeah, my professors. Oh really? At USC, yeah, Will Hollis. He's um, a great great MD keyboardist does tons of very, very talented guy. Um, very, very busy guy. He's, he's amazing. And he was, um, our performance teacher. We had a class, um, called pop music performance at USC and, um, he was our professor and yeah, he asked, um, a couple of us students if we would be interested in singing backup for Dawn and like a no brainer. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'll pass. Uh, not not really a fan. Yeah, right. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's been fun. But other backing gigs, what have I done? Other. Um, we backed up Joe Walsh a couple times. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, just writing with, I met some really great people in Nashville that I have loved collaborating with. And, um, why'd you pick Nashville as a place to go and just, you know, um, make a home for yourself or, or at least like, you know, be there for a temporary while. Home, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a good question. I had been kind of back and forth. I had visited, um, a few times, but starting in late 2016, I really kind of, uh, was spending more and more time there and it just made sense. I was, I really loved the creative community and, um, I love LA, but it's, it can feel really hard in LA to kind of, maybe it's because it's spread out. I, I think it just depends, not always, but sometimes it can feel hard to, to feel connected. And, um, in, in Nashville, this is going to sound silly, but just the geography of it, everything is a lot closer together. And yeah, that's not silly. It makes total yeah, sense. It, it logistically felt like it at the time I was really inspired by the creative community there and just the connectedness, the feeling of connection. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was what got me going there. Do you feel like there's a strong sense of community there? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, the songwriting community, it, it's very small. It's everyone kind of knows everyone. And, and there's a sense of people, there's just an openness to collaborate, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it feel, it feels approachable in a way that I think is very unique to Nashville. Obviously you still have to, you know, show up and work hard, but there's a, there's a, a sense of goodwill that kind of pervades. That's awesome. And so what, what takes you back to Northern California so frequently, aside from your family being there? I mean, why, why do you feel the need to go there so often and, and spend time up there and not stay in one place for very long? Um, I'm not judging you. I'm just curious. Well, I think I usually end up here for holidays, but also right now because of quarantine. Right. <laughs> I also, though, I, I mean... I love it. It's, it's where I grew up and um, obviously where my family is and um, which makes it wonderful. And it's just such a beautiful place. There's, there's a real magic to it. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. It's um, I think there's, it's just a feeling like the second, any time that I come back here, I, I feel it's just like a groundedness. And maybe that is because I associate it with childhood and growing up and, mm -hmm. and that familiarity. But, but it's also, I think it's just the feeling of the Bay Area. It's, it's a special place for sure. Yeah. What was your childhood like? We've never talked about your childhood, so I'm curious what that was like yeah. for you. Um, it, was, it was great. I, I do feel really, really blessed that I had a good childhood. And I have so many amazing memories of just running around barefoot and, and you know, listening to music and, and goofing around with friends. And, um, I, yeah, I had, I had a really great childhood. And I, and, assume, uh, I assume music was like, it was everywhere all the time. Yeah. I'm guessing. It was, it yeah. was always playing around the house. And sometimes we would go out usually on the summers, we'd go on the road with my dad and, mm -hmm. and just travel with him and, um, see what he did. And, and it, I, I guess it just always seemed as natural as, as anything yeah um, what was that like being on tour with your dad as a kid it was fun it was really fun um I think 
just to get to see so many different parts of the United States and, and kind of experience that there are so many different cultures here. And, and, um, and I think one of, you know, I loved, I loved going to his shows and also I loved exploring different little random towns that you'd never end up in otherwise mm-hmm. and just meeting people. And, um, I love traveling. And I think maybe that's why just from doing it as a kid and, and yeah, I feel really lucky in that way. Yeah. I can relate to some of that. Not, not growing up with, uh, a parent who was on tour, but, um, my my dad was often posted in different countries or different cities and so we moved wow. around a lot and that's why yeah so it's you know it's always been i wouldn't say it's challenging for me to stay in one place but i've never felt like i needed to stay in one place for very long i always wanted to go somewhere else you know it's because yeah. i love traveling too and i love meeting people and, and the other thing you said it was about getting into small towns that you wouldn't be in otherwise um that was also my experience from being on tour. And I love that. I love seeing, seeing things that are off the map. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so much like hidden kind of little jewels and charm that you find Mm -hmm. in places like that you Mm -hmm. end up in. Yeah. That's so cool. So you, you traveled a lot as a kid. You're from Houston originally. No, no, I was born. Well, why did I think you're from Houston? Because I went to college there and 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 then I was there for a good while. Wait, so tell me, okay, um, tell me about your genesis of like, <laughs> yeah, briefly, um, as, as briefly as you want. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Like I was born in Germany. Oh, and we, wait. And then we, yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. And then we moved to the States and then we moved to Peru and then we moved to Palo Alto and then we moved to Washington, D.C. And then we oh moved to gosh. Israel and then we moved back to D.C. Holy smokes. And then I went to college in Texas, and then I moved to New York City, and then I went back to Texas, and then I went back to New York City, and then I came out here. That is insane. (laughs) That's so freaking cool. So you not only experienced different parts of the country as a young person, you experienced different parts of the entire globe. That's so cool. Yeah, I did. I thought that was normal, you know? But then I came when I came back to the States, I was 13. And at that point, I was old enough and self-aware enough to realize, wow, like I had a really unusual upbringing. And I was frankly surprised and, and, and struck by how, I don't want to use the word ignorant, but um, just unaware the vast majority of Americans are of like anything outside the U.S., you know? I mean, some people have traveled, but... Um, yeah, I was just like, I just couldn't believe how, how little people my age knew about what was going on, you know, outside the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Where here you are as a 13-year-old having experienced, you know, Germany and, and um, I know you said Israel. I don't know if you'd, you'd been there at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. These- yeah, and that's, you know, and my parents... Um, also, I mean, I'm so thankful they took us not just to those places that we lived, but like because we were abroad, it was also easier to travel to other countries once we were there, right? So right. I saw like tons, tons of places before yeah, I was 13. It's so yeah, it's crazy. Cool, man. Crazy. But hey, let's bring this back to you. <laughs> that's so cool, though. <laughs> we're talking too much about me in this interview. No, that no, you'll have to interview me sometime. I will. That's a really, really interesting <laughs> upbringing to have. I mean, okay, I'll ask you one more question about yeah, that. Yeah, ask when, away. Ask away. And then I've got a question for you. 
okay, is there a particular place in that time that you were, you know, living abroad and also traveling to various places? Because as you said, it was easier to, to see other countries once you're kind of in that realm of the world. Uh, is there a particular place that stands out in your memory as when you were a kid that you were just like, oh my God, I love this place. I like, this is my favorite or this is just super interesting to me or I hope to come back here or... Uh, it's a great question. I don't think I was old enough or aware enough to have those conversations with myself, but I do, I do know, I do know that my time in Israel was like nowhere else. Wow. You know, it was just, especially in that time, it was just a really, really special place. There was so much freedom. Um, you know, as kids, like our parents didn't have to worry about crime of any kind. So you know, I mean, we couldn't do anything super crazy, but we also, we honestly, we did stuff that was crazy all the time, <laughs> partly because that was our age. But, you know, our parents didn't worry. Like we could be on our bicycles all day and and ride to the beach or just ride, you know, around town. And like, as long as we were home by dinner, like our parents didn't worry about anything. And, um, how great. You know, we, we could hop on the bus even and take the bus to the beach. And like, you know, I was 11, 12, 13, and my, my parents didn't care. And it's not that they didn't care. My parents were like very involved in our upbringing, but like they just didn't have to worry, you know. Because it was safer. It was safe. And and it was, you know, we had the ocean nearby. We had, you know, a swimming pool nearby. And like, was, you know, I went to the American International School and that was incredible. Uh, and unusual, and I was around just really interesting people whose parents worked for the UN or they worked for embassies from South Africa or Ghana or, you know, there were so many people. Man. Yeah, it was really unusual, and, and I'm really grateful for it. You know, of course, there was also stuff that we thought was normal living in Israel, but obviously is not a normal existence, like having a security guard with an Uzi at your school, you know, or having classes inside a bomb shelter Wow. Um, you know, but that was just normal to us. We're seeing helicopters go up and down the coast because, like, yeah. the Israeli army is like bombing Lebanon, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, that, yeah. but that was normal. Talk about, I mean, you know, as a kid, getting a good dose of just like reality and, but in a way that, that was healthy and, and, you know, just kind of, I don't know I, what I'm saying, but like, I, I think a lot of kids maybe are sheltered or in very, and not to say that there's anything wrong with wanting to, you know, have a kid have a safe and upbringing, but like to, to be exposed to, you know, just global affairs and, and on a level, I, I don't know, I think that would probably serve you really well as, as a kid in terms of being tough and being resilient and not being too scared of things. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I think uh, in certain ways that's true. In, in other ways, I feel like um, I, you know, I thought I was going to be all tough coming back to the states from Israel, and like because Israel does toughen you up. Like you don't you don't take any shit from anybody when you when you're living there. You know that's and if you've ever hung out with Israelis, you, you know, <laughs> you know they, they, they won't take any shit. Um, that's a good way to be. <laughs> <laughs> but but the moving part as a kid, um, it was really hard. That was really hard. And, um, and I think, and, and maybe, and maybe you've experienced this too as an adult, but, um, when you move every couple of years, 
or every three years, it's really hard to foster like really deep relationships with people. You know? Yeah. I so would I ne- imagine. Yeah. I never had that modeling. So I, I never, um, you know, I've had to learn it late in life, like what, you know, real intimacy and like going deep with somebody. Yeah, man, that's, that is tough. That is, yeah. I, I, um, I can see how that could be the other side of it being a kid and, and maybe like once you've just formed like your best friendships and then you kind of have to up and go somewhere else. And I, I bet that would be really hard. Yeah, that was tricky. Kind of start tricky over to and, yeah. Let us pause for a moment and listen to a song by Lara Johnston. This is Happy For You. It's over. question for you was back to touring with your dad how did you do school when you were on tour 
Well, we would only do it during summer breaks usually. Um, so oh, the, oh, I got it. The touring was only in the summer breaks. He would when be on you, the road, what, but right, we wouldn't go wouldn't on go. the road with him unless we were yeah. off school. Yeah. So okay. yeah, it, my parents were very much like, you guys are going to have a normal um, kind of get your, get your normal kid experience and don't miss anything for, so, so yeah, we were, we were always in school when school was in session. There were a couple times that we missed school for maybe like, I don't know, like one, on one or two occasions that mm-hmm. something cool was happening that we went along for. But usually if we went on the road with my dad, it was only during summer break. Yeah. And your parents, it seems to me, they've always been really supportive of your music. They never were like, don't go into music. That's <laughs> the worst yeah. thing you can do. Mm-hmm. I'm really lucky for that because I know they could have easily been, as you said, kind of like, eh, we've seen this world. It's very hard. Uh, the chances are slim. Maybe don't maybe pursue something more, more of a sure thing. But um, yeah, they've always been very supportive and and believed in me and and I for that I could never ever adequately thank them. I know it's definitely not always easy having a kid that's trying their darndest to do something that is very much not guaranteed. Um and I'm really really lucky that they have had my back. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh one of the things I'm trying to address in this show is how working musicians deal with challenges. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what challenges you've encountered in your career uh, in terms of being a musician and also just challenges you've faced in life. Like, can you share a little bit about, about that stuff? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the main challenges of, of being a musician um, is just dealing with rejection. Um, It's something that you get used to early on, but it can be very discouraging. And I think the key is to to not let it interfere with your love of the craft and why you did it in the first place, which is, you know, all of us get into music because we felt something that nothing else made us feel. We felt making music made us feel a way that we immediately however young you were when you first felt that feeling, it was like, oh my God, I want more of that. And, um, and that's what you got to hold on to. And that's what I work on myself is, is not letting the little setbacks and defeats and rejections kind of cloud my awareness of how lucky I am to, to have found a passion in my life and something that brings me so much joy and to keep deriving joy from it and keep you know, remember going back to that feeling of, of being, you know, six years old, sitting on the floor of my room, just caterwauling along with a favorite song and, and how good that felt. And, um, yeah. So just remember why you did it, why you wanted to do it. And that helps me get through the times when I'm just like, Oh my God, this isn't working. Like, this is so depressing. (laughs) Not to say that, you know, I think we all have those days where, where it gets the best of us, but, um, but it sounds like you've, you've found how to get out of those, those funks and that, and it sounds like, I mean, you didn't say this with these words, but really you're, you're practicing gratitude. Oh, definitely. Um, that's a really good, good point you make. I think gratitude is so important. Um, because regardless of the outcome of whatever happens in anyone's, you know, pursuit of doing what they love, 
you can always go back to just you in a room playing, singing, writing, whatever it is, and hopefully find some comfort in that. And, um, and that is something to be grateful for, for sure. Not saying that it will, you know, make things easier, but, <laughs> but it is, it is something to be grateful. For. What, um, what sort of challenges are you, are you facing currently aside from, well, maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm sure you still encounter rejection like we all do. I guess this is a two part question. One, what does that rejection look like for you these days? Like, what are you, what kind of walls are you coming up against? And, um, what was the first part of my question? I forget. Um, <laughs> I already forgot. I think that um, was, that was kind oh, of, yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. Yeah. So let's just leave it at that. What, what kind of, currently... what kind of, yeah. What are you bumping up against right now? Like, what are you trying to hit goal wise and what obstacles are you encountering? I think that's a very good question. Um, one goal I was wanting to do more shows this spring, but the obvious reason that's not going to happen. <laughs> Did you have but stuff there is, booked? You know, there's live streaming and, and sure, yeah. there's ways to get around that. So that's cool. Um, I think sometimes the biggest obstacle is in my head because I tend to overthink things. And about two years ago, I was going to put some music out and then I overthought it and didn't and kind of was just sitting on it. And I wish that I had just released it at the time. Um, mm. But, you know, I was I was kind of waiting for someone, someone to quote unquote approve of it or say it was this or that or somebody on to say, I'm going to put this on a official Spotify playlist or all the, all these little things that we want to kind of validate our art. Yeah. And um, I wasn't getting that. So I didn't put it out. And I wish that I had just put it out because, you know, maybe you don't get on an official Spotify playlist, but maybe there are people out there that are going to hear your music and, and enjoy it. And that's worthwhile for sure. I would say there, there are definitely people out there who are going to dig your music. Oh man. Well, thank you. So where's that music now? Is it just sitting around? Yeah. And in fact, I've actually been working lately on um, getting, you know, artwork together and just going to put it out, put it out there. Um, because I think even if it's, you know, not brand new. It's, it's worth sharing. And as I continue to work on new music, um, so I think I'm going to release that stuff. Yeah. And to listeners, it will be brand new. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest obstacle there is self doubt. Um, and you know, maybe, Oh, I didn't get this highly coveted this or that to premiere my whatever, all these little things, but just, so I think, my, my, if I could give advice there to anybody, it would be, and I, I see a lot of people doing this anyway, but if you have made some music that you personally love, don't wait for somebody else to say that's good. Just if it feels good to you, share it because there will be people that are moved by it too. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned that over the years too. And and the truth is, and maybe you have a bit of this, but I, I have like this people pleaser part of me. Like I, I want everyone to like me. Right. And I want oh, everyone to yes. like what I, what I make, but that's impossible. We can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. And I've heard over the years, you know, if I forget where I got this, but like, you know, one third of the people are going to hate what you make mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like we don't want those people anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is so true. You truly cannot please 
everyone. There, it's, yeah. Like you said, it's impossible. And, yeah. and all you need is the, the people that do, you know, dig what you're doing. That's, yeah. There, there are going to be people who dig what you're doing. Oh man. For sure. We have to remind ourselves of that. We do. It's true, but it's hard. It's hard to do that when you're, when you're in the mire, you know, when you're yes. like, when you're wallowing in self-doubt. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> That, that is the trickiest thing. It's true. Sometimes the biggest obstacles that you face are the ones in your own head. <laughs> For sure. You talked about practicing gratitude. What are some tools that could be anything from, you know, exercise to yoga or whatever, but like, what do you do to stay sane? What's a typical day in Laura Johnston's life? And how do you stay healthy emotionally and physically? I, that's a very good question. I, um, I love to move kind of embarrassing, but you know what? I think a lot of people do this. Something that I love to do when I'm by myself is just dance to, usually for me, it's like Wham or like the Weather Girls, the Pointer Sisters, some great disco stuff. I want to see some videos of this. Oh, good Lord. That will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you said Wham. I love Wham. I love Wham. It's yeah. such good music. It just makes you feel good. And George yeah. Michael's solo stuff too. Like, yeah. Ugh. So it's so fun. And, and yeah, so you just put that stuff on or even in your headphones, listen to it really loud and just kind of flail about. I can't really dance. So just like fling myself around and it's so much fun and it feels so just great. That's awesome. It, it sounds like you're celebrating life in those moments, you know, yeah. just being alive. Yeah. I think that's like, that's a good way to look at it. Cause the way that music makes you feel is just like ecstatic, even, no matter what at least in my case, I've found that no matter where I'm at beforehand, I put that stuff on. It just makes me feel so happy. That's great. Um, That's so that, great. That helps a lot. Cool. What else? Um, exercise too is mm -hmm. usually while listening to that same type of music. Um, what does your exercise routine look like? I could be anything from like, I used to do these ballet workouts that were um, just like, bar work and floor work and I would put in the, the DVDs this is back when the DVDs were still a thing um, <laughs> and turn the volume all the way down on the DVDs and then just like listen to my own music whether it was like hip-hop or disco or whatever while doing the moves which is kind of weird now that I think back on it because like the rhythm wouldn't match up but who cares whatever worked for me um, so I've been trying I've been wanting to get back to that because I think ballet is really good and just like satisfying exercise because you're working every part of you but um I also like to do hike. I love hiking. Mm. Hiking is so yeah. just oh, invigorating. Um, Being in nature, you know, it, it, it's like yeah. it's double whammy. It's like you get exercise and you're in nature. Like both of those things just feed you, you know? Yes, yeah. 100%. That, yeah. that is so true. It's so healthy. I, I love that. Are you are you big into hiking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm really lucky. I live right at the foothills of the Santa Monica Mountains out here beautiful so there's great hiking in topanga state park and you know i mean malibu and you name it the mountains here are incredible so wow yeah. that's so love cool it. Love that's, it. Yeah. do you go hiking alone you go hiking with your family friends all the above yeah all the above when i'm home i'll go with my mom um she's my hiking buddy and um yeah it's it's just your mom is so sweet she is. Yeah, she is great. She really is. She's, she's someone who inspires me because she has the most tireless 
work ethic and like motivated person. She's, yeah, she's amazing. What, uh, yeah, what is your mom up to? And what is she up to currently? And, and how did she influence you growing up? Oh, that's a really good question. She is, um, she's always up to something. She never sits still. <laughs> um, and that I think inspired me growing up because I remember she would get up like, cause we had to leave for school because we went to school kind of far away. We'd have to leave for school by like six 30. So she would be up at like four 30 to go, um, swim somewhere at like the, there's a sports club in our town and she'd mm-hmm. be up at the crack of dawn, one was still dark out and she'd go get her swimming done before and then get back in time to take us to school and whatnot. And um, yeah, she, so she, from a young age, I think instilled a, a work ethic, a sense of the importance of having a strong work ethic and, and also a sense of knowing what you like for her swimming was very much meditative thing. And I think knowing that you got to have these things that keep you grounded and focused and, um, and she's so kind. She's such a kind person and, and she's very smart and very open-minded and all of that has influenced me a lot. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. I always, I mean, I haven't talked to your mom very much in my life, but the, the few times I encountered her, she was just so sweet and so grounded and so warm and that struck me because, you know, your dad is a really well-known musician and, you know, you encounter celebrities and they often carry themselves like they're above other people, you know, and I never got that sense from your mom. Like your mom was just like, just an awesome mom. Like there was no other way to describe her. Thank you so So. much for saying that. She, She will, she is, she really is all those things. She's by far like, I don't know. She blows me away with her just generosity of spirit and, and goodness. And she's always wanting to help. And, um, yeah, she's a very special person. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I also loved how she would essentially chaperone you in those early days. You yeah. Know? And she, she was, she was that mom, but she wasn't overbearing. She like, let you do your thing. And she just mm-hmm. was there to make sure everything went smoothly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I really lucked out. Um, she's a best friend for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I'm doing on the show is asking people about how they maintain balance in their life, like balancing their career with self care with relationships you know, like, and relationships don't have to be romantic relationships necessarily, but it could be family or friends, you know, but it always seems to me like those are the three pillars that kind of make up a rich life, right? Like, like you have your work, you have time for yourself and taking care of yourself, and then you've got the people around you. Yeah. So how do you balance those three? Because it's hard to balance those three. Mm-hmm. You can get really into your career and forget the other stuff and your health suffers or your relationships suffer or any one of those areas you could dive too deeply into and then the other ones fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But you seem, you strike me as a pretty balanced person. So how do you do it? Oh man. Um, I think just maintaining an awareness of you know checking in with yourself and knowing knowing when it's time to step back a little bit or or to 
you know, call somebody that, that is important to you. Um, I, I feel really lucky that I'm, I'm super close with my family, um, with both my parents and, and my brother. I, I, um, I just, they, they are such a place of stability for me. And I, I love their company. I love hanging out with them. I love talking to them on the phone. Um, so to have that to kind of come back to is, has been tremendously helpful for me. Um, just from a sense of grounding and feeling, feeling okay. Um, I think something that I would like to work on more as a goal is being social outside of my family. I have never been the best at that. Um, and I'm also someone who I don't mind being, you know, as you know, music can be a very solitary practice and, and thing, and, and that doesn't bug me too much. So I'm, I don't mind being alone. Um, so I think making more of an effort to go out and hang out with friends, which I can't really do right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's something that's I want to focus on for the future is, is uh -huh. being more social and, and um, in that way. And, um, but I think, and the self, the self-care aspect um, I guess getting enough sleep is really important. That's something I have to remind myself because I love staying up all night for some weird reason. I just mm -hmm. have an aversion to going to bed, but I have to remind myself, <laughs> no, like you gotta go to bed. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I have that same problem, especially ew. recently. I think, I think it's common for creative people, you know, because yeah. our, our brains don't turn off naturally. Yeah. Like we're, we're constantly, well, cause you know, we're these open channels, right? Like there's stuff coming through us all the time. That's, that's, yeah. That's how we create, right? When yes. it's not, it's not like we're just like making this stuff up. Like, like we're actually like kind of transcribing what we hear and and like thoughts that that are just coming out of the ether, right? So we're putting yes. that down. It's hard to turn that off, and because <laughs> it's also it's it's exhilarating, you know. Yes. Yeah. Totally. That's yeah. that's very true. That's very true. I'm glad to know that you have that same. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but if we if we don't take care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. then, then we suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that awareness is the key. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I should ask you, because this is something that I've been trying to practice more diligently of late, um, mindfulness. Mm. And just, I don't always have the discipline to do it because it's very hard for me to focus on the breath and, and do mm -hmm. the things that, that you have to do. That's hard. It's, it's, a, it's a practice. It's just like an instrument. You have to practice that. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, I think I'm finding it helpful though. Have, have you done that or experienced? I have, I've, I've done quite a bit of it. And, nice. um, and for the past year, actually, I've, I've even been leading groups and even working with individuals to, uh, to work with something called somasonics actually, which is a combination of mindfulness meditation, um, wow. binaural beats. I don't know if you're familiar with binaural beats. Um, oh yes. They're not super familiar, but it has something to do with like their, their a certain kind two, of they're two different frequencies that are very close, mm. like one ten Hertz and like a hundred Hertz as, oh, wow. as an example. So there's like a 10 Hertz difference, but you have to have stereo headphones and one is in one, you know, get, getting one frequency in one ear, one frequency in the other ear. Wow. Um, and I mean, I can go on about how it all works, but basically like the two hemispheres of your brain have this crosstalk and it ends up lowering 
your brain waves so you can get more deeply into a meditative state. So, Whoa. so, so okay. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so somasonics is uh, guided meditation with mindfulness, with the binaural beats, with visualization techniques and hypnotic technique. It's all these things put together and something called yoga nidra, which is also a way to get your, your brain kind of crossing between the hemispheres to get you into that deep state too. Um, so I've been practicing that for the past two or three years and I've just started for the past year working with other people that, to guide them through it. And now in this crazy time that we're in, there's so much anxiety. There's so many people that are really suffering because you're a very aware, self-aware person. A lot of people, this is new for them to be, you know, like this is where musicians are, are like, I won't say more advanced in terms of being human, but more advanced in terms of being self-aware, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're used to being alone for hours and hours and hours at a time, you know, working on our craft. And the vast majority of people are constantly fleeing from their feelings, their uncomfortable feelings, right? And now they're suddenly stuck at home and they have nowhere to go but to be with their feelings. And so people are very anxious. And granted, this is also a fearful time you know there's there's something that we're we're all scared of right now yes uh which is namely death (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) this invisible creepy little virus bugger exactly i know uh but my point is like there are people who need help right now with their anxiety and uh so i'm 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 trying to bring this practice online i'm going to start offering it online i've been running some tests with a couple of people here friends of mine who are close who won't mind when when the audio goes bad, but I think I figured it all out. I'm about to start bringing soma sonics wow. to, to people. So that's amazing. Thank you. So you're invited to attend the next session, which will probably be in the next few days, honestly. So I'll let you know. Very cool. Yeah. I'd love to hear about that. I, that's something that sounds fascinating. That's so cool that you know about that and, and can, can lead that. That's really cool. Thank you. Well, we need to wrap up in a few minutes. I was going to say, do you have any questions for me? Sure. <laughs> you know, you already asked me a lot of questions. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could think of, I mean, um, I know, I guess how, well, how you're dealing with this time. It sounds like you're remaining very productive, which is amazing. And um, between the creative, creative side of, of making, you know, delving into logic and, and then I've seen you are very active in, in doing, you know, putting forth music which is such a healing thing right now. Um, thank you. So thank you for sharing that. And then now this, this meditative process with the, the binaural beats, which is, that's really cool. So you've got a lot of irons in the fire. Thank you. Um, I do. And, and sometimes, you know, up until recently, I was always um, somewhat overwhelmed with like the different interests that I have. Um, and but I have to tell you, like all this meditative practice has brought me to a place like where I just um, I accept that these are all parts of me, you know, and this is what this is what's wanting to come through me right now. And I mean, I have to I still have to be disciplined and I can't be all over the place because then nothing gets done fully and I do get overwhelmed. Um, right. But I have managed to focus on, you know, three or so endeavors uh, and just stay the course with them. 
And, you know, those are, those are name you know, within, within the music sphere, obviously I've got my kids and I've got, you know, my own self care and what have you. Uh, and also, you know, my friendships and family and all that to maintain. Um, but within music, it's, it's really, uh, what I'm striving for right now is, uh, writing a lot of stuff. Uh, I've gotten back into, um, like really trying to get stuff placed. Um, not so much. I, I used to be more interested in TV and, and film and, and I'm specifically trying to get stuff into the advertising space right now, actually. Mm-hmm. So for the first time, yeah, actually this is a challenge of mine is like writing stuff that sounds cool, like cool to me and hopefully cool to other people without it being cheesy. Like mm. I'm, I'm trying to write upbeat, positive stuff, which is, which does not normally come naturally for me. I find that that's like the hardest stuff to write. Yeah. <laughs> because as you said, it's such a fine line between making it genuinely feel uplifting and then the cheesy aspect. It's hard to do. It is. It, it's certainly hard for me. And I thank you for acknowledging that it's, that it can be difficult. I get, yeah. I, I don't know if it's because our, like our disposition, you know, your disposition, my disposition, like I, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like, morbid or like really dark or anything but like you know i would i would i would describe myself my my natural inclination up until recently is to be more melancholy like mm-hmm. i'm a melancholy sort of person mm-hmm. and um although these days i don't feel melancholy honestly i'm i'm in a much happier place than i've ever been in my life and that's amazing thanks wow. but i'm also trying to deliberately write music that's like upbeat and happy yeah um so i forgot what your question was but that's what i'm making right now oh i was talking about the yeah what i'm focusing on so it's that music um and then i'm wanting to uh you know i'm still a singer songwriter and a folk singer so i'm really wanting to bring that music like i actually i held a sing-along like when the quarantine first started i was I was actually going to have a real sing along here at my studio, like bring oh people gosh. in and just, uh, cause I, I do believe in, in gathering people to sing yes. together. You know, I, I believe in building community and I believe music can play a big role in that. And, and so I've been organizing these sing alongs, but then the quarantine happened. And so we did it online, but you know, it it went great. Like people were super into it. Obviously wow. like we can't be, I can't hear anyone singing along and there's a certain power that's diminished because we're not all doing it audibly at the same time. But, but people still responded to it. People were so grateful to have something to, to listen to and something to participate in, you know, yes, at the beginning of this yes. whole thing. That's really cool. So yeah, music, music is powerful. Oh, it sure. really is. And that's so great that people are, are able to access that. And, and like you said, even if you can't hear them just to know that they're able to sing along and they're, that's that's really neat. There is a lot of power in that. Why uh, why is music important to you, Laura? Oh man, I don't think I could live without it. it. It just even if I wasn't a singer or a songwriter or musician in any way, just I have to have music playing. Like I can't I can't deal with like no music playing. There has to be music. There has to be a soundtrack to everything. Even just like brushing my teeth, washing my face. There has to be music all the time um it, it's just ugh, just makes everything more interesting more exciting more vibrant more yeah it's it's 
it's just, it's magical. It's hard. To, it's it hard to. It is magical. Yeah, it, is. it is. It's, it's this non-tangible thing. It's not, it's not a piece of art on the wall. Yeah. It's just a bunch of sound waves. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that we can't see. Weird. Like there, it's so strange to me out depending on the time of day, depending on the mood I'm in, depending on what I've experienced recently, like a certain song is like, I have to hear this song right now. This is the song for this moment. I need to hear this song right now. Or, you know, and then the next day it's a different song or a different vibe. It's it just, there's, it's, it's like so vital. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a mysterious thing. It is. It definitely is. Laura, as we wrap up, I've got one last question for you. Okay. What advice would you have for younger musicians who are just getting started? Mm, I would say just follow what you love. Follow it. Follow that feeling. You know the feeling when you feel it. That feeling of whether it's hearing a song that you're like, oh, that's my music that's my jam i want to make music that feels like that or and, and and don't let any negativity whether it's from your own inner critic or from someone outside telling you this is what you should do or this is what you shouldn't do don't let any of that sway you you know build i, I guess get to know yourself and know know how you really feel about things so that you're not swayed from from what you love and what moves you and um because all the other stuff is just noise and, and there will be lots of it, but get used to, to having that inner core of this is me. This is what I got to work on. This is what I'm striving for away from whatever noise, you know, being able to separate the noise from, from what your truth is and, yeah. um, and, and have fun, have yeah. fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's great. I fully agree with all that. And the fun piece, I think it's really, especially for us who are working in music. Yeah. It's really, it's, sometimes it's it's hard to remember the fun piece. <laughs> yes, right? it is. That's right? true. But, but the truth is, like, we love music. It's fun to play. Yes. It's fun to write. It's fun to create. It's fun to collaborate with other musicians. You're so right. Like when you strip away all the, sometimes we overthink things and it turns into this big stressful ball of worries. And then you're right. It's like, just, no, it's fun. It's, it's fun what we do. It's, it's, that's, that's the whole point. Of yeah, it. Exactly. That's the whole point. And we're so lucky. We're so lucky that we, we, we get to, we're able to do something that we absolutely love and enjoy. Yes. That is really, that's it right there. We yeah. are. We're so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Laura, this is awesome. It's so great to have you on the show, but just to see you and catch up because yes! we haven't done that in a long time. I know you too. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my pleasure. Huge honor. My pleasure. And we'll definitely have to do some collaborating when this is. Yeah. I, I really, really, really want to have that conversation with you. Like what can we make? Cause I just want to see what you put out next. Yeah. Yeah, any, anything I, I can do to help you with that, you let me know. Thank you so much. I, I really, really, really appreciate that. And um, I, yeah, I would love to write with you. I know we've talked about it, but let's do it. It's very inspiring how, how many uh, creative outlets you, you have going on. It's 
Thank you. Thanks. I think on a I've, good trajectory. I appreciate that. Yeah, as I said earlier, like I think, you know, I think I, I didn't give myself permission to be able to do those things because, you know, people would say, well, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. And, you know, like you should focus on one thing and you'll never make it if you just do this one thing or you, or you won't make it if you do this thing. And like at a certain point, I'm like, but this is me. Like these are the things that I love, you know, and this is what, this is what makes me light up. Exactly. They're not mutually exclusive. No. Yeah. Oh man. Anybody that tells you that stuff, it's just, yeah. Is it, it's you, you, you know, you're doing what, like you said, this is what lights you up. And that's the only thing that matters. I fully agree. I fully agree. Yeah. But it's, it's easy to fall prey to all the voices that are around you. You know, it's bad enough listening to the voices in your head. Right. But, mm-hmm. but, but then when you have other voices around you who are discouraging you, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge to not listen yeah. to them. It is. It is a challenge. It really is. But my, my hat's off to you for making it happen. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right, my friend. Stay in touch, okay? Yes. It's so Hang good to there. see you. It's good Thanks to see so you. For, for having me. And I'm so glad we had a chance to catch up. Yeah, me too. Say hi to your mom for me. I will. Great. That yeah. And great. when this is over, come down to LA. Yes, for sure. We okay. will We will collaborate. Sounds good. Awesome. Right. You take care. Great you to take see care, you. Laura. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was fantastic. Laura Johnston, what a gem. What a righteous human being. Such a sweetheart. You can find out more about Laura Johnston online. Her website is laurajohnston.com. Her music is available on Spotify. And you can follow her on Instagram. She is Laura Johnston. And... On Facebook, she is Lara Johnston Sings. I want to thank Lara for being my guest on Music is Life, a signature podcast of Perry Veritas Studios in collaboration with my own company, Green Zebra Music, located in Los Angeles, California. And I'd like to thank you for listening. For more information on this podcast, go to musicislifepod.com. And to find out more about my own work, please visit joelstein.com. I also invite you to follow me on Instagram and connect with me there. My Instagram handle is Joel Henry Stein. If you want to send us any mail, the address is mailbag at musicislifepod.com. I wish you a fabulous week full of creativity and positivity. I'm going to send you off with a song I wrote for our rock opera, The Demise. This demo is from 2011 with a 19-year-old Lara Johnston singing a song called Devacon. See you all next time on Music is Life. There's a place to go uptown, a club that's famous and renowned for turning your world upside down. Devacon, Devacon, if you want to hear a band, check it out, you'll understand the best venue in the land. Oh, devil.